Uh, so guys, welcome to episode 36 of the Humanity Jiu-Jitsu podcast. My guest today is a first-degree black belt under Carlson Gracie, a black belt in judo, multiple-time IABJF medalist in uh, Master Worlds, Europeans. She's won gold at the Irish Judo Open and bronze at uh, Judo World Veterans. I'm joined by Olga Leshevska. Is that the right way to say it? Leshevska. Leshevska. Fuck yeah. my life. Maybe I should have asked you before in our 20-minute conversation before the podcast. Maybe I should have asked how to pronounce it. <laughs> no, that's no problem at all. <laughs> uh, no, I I fuck up people's names occasionally, and I I just like why do I keep doing it? Oh, it's a difficult name, so that's no problem. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, so Olga, do you want to tell everyone where you're from and where you train in case they want to get around with you sometime? Yeah. So, um, uh, uh, it's a, you want a short answer or a long answer? <laughs> uh, how about a, the medium answer? Medium answer. So, like I, uh, originally I'm from uh, Russia, but uh, past past 15 years I've been a little bit around Europe, and uh, past five years I've been around uh, in Galway. So I train um, in uh, Galway at Point Blank Gym, but uh, uh, my uh, academy and my teacher is in uh, Carson Gracie, Amsterdam. So occasionally I travel around and just visit guys and they keep training. And um, uh, yeah, so uh, that's a medium answer, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> okay. Uh, see, how did you get into martial arts? Did you train anything before starting jiu-jitsu? Because you have a background in judo, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, that's correct. Uh, but uh, kind of correct, because I started uh, judo and jiu-jitsu kind of on the same, uh, at the same time. It was uh, 15 years ago. Uh, this year and uh, before that I was dancing I was doing hip-hop and uh, like doing hip-hop competitions and stuff like that so a completely different thing and the start was really interesting because I was just curious to see like uh, I had a, some time free in the evening and then I was just looking around in a you know, different class I could take in a, at sports center and I was just curious oh what's that jiu-jitsu what's that like I wasn't I had no clue so I decided you know what I just give it a try I just went there and uh, it was a crucial moment because when you go there and I saw all the kind of guys, big guys coming in and all looked like cool and stuff, so I almost went home, you know, it's like, oh, no, 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 I'm too intimidated to stay here. And then the teacher at the time, he spotted me and he said, oh, um, do you want to join? And I said, no, 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 I just want to watch. I don't know what it is and stuff. He said, no, 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 you can't watch. You have to join. Grab a gi, like they had a spare gi, you know. And grab a gi and come back and, um, you know, we just start training. It's like, okay, fine. So he actually insisted on me staying and I stayed. So half halfway through the class, we were doing some, I don't know, some roles or something. And then he stopped me. He said, look, uh, what belt are you? I was like, I don't know. I looked at my belt and I had some green belt hanging on me. It's like, I don't know. Why is it green? It's like, why is it green? It's like, I don't know. <laughs> so I was so terrified. Uh, and uh, intimidated at the time that I just randomly grabbed the first belt. It was a judo belt or something. I put it on me and I started training with it because it kind of looked cool and bright, you know. I had no clue whatsoever. And so he said, go and change it. So I changed. And after that, it was like, that's it. I never stopped. It's so amazing. So, you know, next class was again next week. And then he said, oh, look, if you want to train more, come to judo. We have another night judo. It's like, okay, cool. I started judo. And then it was still not enough. I looked around, I found more places to train, and I think by the end of the first year, I was training like solidly four times a week, and then it went worse, like up to, you know, five, six times a week every day, basically. So uh, that's kind of my story. I think I, it was not, like, it was not planned. It's just a chance, you know, being in the right place, right moment, I would say. And um, I, it kind of translates nicely into, like, 
people I talk to and I try to get into like training, you know, like mostly like females, like my students or anybody, I, I said, people say, oh, I don't like it. I said, look, you don't know what it is. Like what if like 15 years ago, people tell me what jujitsu, I would say like, yeah, it's like karate or something, you know, like ignorant, you know, you don't know what it is. You have to go and immerse and try it. And then, you know, if you like it or you don't like it. So, yeah, so it's kind of my story. I'm really like excited that it happened because uh, I can't imagine what I would be doing these days uh, if it was not like that day, specific days, and I got kind of in contact with the sport. Mm. So you wore a green belt in your first night by accident. I say you were actually, I say you were really happy when you actually eventually got your green belt in Judo. Like, okay, so we're here again. Actually, uh, the funny thing is that I never had a green belt in Judo because... <laughs> Because I was training uh, in my first club uh, like for a couple of years and it had no grading, like because it was like, uh, you know, like I trained for fun, like I had no competitions. I was just training, you know, in Jiu Jitsu, I was some white belt still and I didn't care. Just all you do is just have fun, you know, training. And then uh, I got I had to go to Belfast. It was like 2007 or something. I had to go to Belfast and my teacher at the time, he said, oh, Olga, you can't go as a white belt because you are not, obviously, we need to give you some belt. So we, he graded me to orange belt in Judo. And Jiu-Jitsu was still white belt, right? Uh, so I went to, to to Belfast and then my first competition, I beat all blue belts at the competition and everything. And then they decided, oh, look, she's not uh, what she is. She should get brown belt. So I jumped what? straight to brown. <laughs> <Fucking hell. laughs> so, so yeah, uh, in Judo, I only had like... Uh, uh, two belts, uh, orange and uh, brown, and then black, uh, and then jiu-jitsu, no, jiu-jitsu all belts, like how it should be, but jiu-jitsu is a funny story as well, because um, I was training still as a white belt after a couple of years or even more, I don't know, and then there was a competition there, first competition ever, I was in Belfast, and a friend of mine at the time, she said, oh, Olga, there is a competition we are going to, uh, so we're going to compete, like, I was like, cool, right, right, it was competition, by the way, in Shannon, first competition, which was organized by Fergal, or maybe not first, but one of those, uh, like, 15 years ago, or 12 years ago, whatever, so we went there, and I was finding men's division in white belt, I beat all men, I, I was finding a girl's division, I think there was one female, I beat her twice in gi, no gi, so I had, like, five, or, or like, you know, five different medals, and I got back with my medals and my coach said, oh, Olga, what is that? You're not white belt. That's so funny. Just uh, here you go. You're blue belt now. <laughs> <laughs> it was too easy. Oh. It was very easy. Like, actually, it was just, uh, you know, just playing around. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. That's quite, that's quite the fucking story. Like, oh, uh, yeah, I, I beat the, woman, the women in Gi and Nogi. Then I was like, okay, I'll just go beat the men real quick. And get yeah, five medals in one you, day. it was so cool. I never like I trained with men. I always trained with men, so that's no problem. But that competition, competing against men, is I think it's a whole different kind of question. Maybe if you want to talk about like a podcast, but it was like I think like for me it was no different. Like for me, but for them, I suppose you may judge. I don't know, but for them, it's kind of you know like if they some of them unfortunately like low belts, they don't get it. Like it's just about technique. So if they, if they win, they win uh, to a girl. If they lose, it's even worse. They lose to a girl, you understand? So they're kind of in a situation where they don't like to be, I suppose. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so I don't I don't know. Like, uh, for me, it's no different. I was fighting men until purple belt still. And then in one of the competitions, I remember they let me enter weight uh, below. Just I, I was just like one or two kilo above. So they said, oh, look, go into this weight below because you're a female. 
I won and guys went and complaining, saying, oh, is it but you let her fight low weight. It was so not cool. <laughs> or from their side, I don't care. I don't care. I didn't care at the time, but it was like just a bit pity. Mm. Uh, speaking, of comp- speaking of competitions, do you prefer competing under a specific rule set? Um, yeah, well, I mostly like, like, recent years I've been mostly competing, uh, like talking about Jiu Jitsu, I was mostly competing in uh, like IBJF rules. So, uh, and I suppose, like, this is what you are kind of getting used to, you know, and it took me a while to start uh, to use rules, you understand? So, like, up, like uh, from the beginning, I was kind of a little bit naive thinking, oh, if I do my best, if I show cool jujitsu, that would be what I want, right? But then what happened is that I would be doing great jujitsu, but then I would be losing somewhere, you understand? Like you just go too far, too fast from position to position, or you don't secure or something, you know, and then you would end up losing. So, and I start uh, start to think like, well, what's what's going on here? So good jujitsu is not enough to be a good competitor, and it's not the same, you understand? Mm. So, uh, so uh, and then like getting involved in the understanding of rules, you start to become good as a competitor because I decided, well, look, I either do that or I stop competing because I don't want to come with my kuchu jitsu like and uh, still being, uh, you know, losing. Like it's kind of demotivating in a way. So, yeah, uh, so uh, talking about that, like IBJF rules is this is what I'm mostly doing. And I kind of, um, um, yeah, I, I think they are complex. But uh, if you understand where they come from, you kind of can appreciate them as well because like all positions you are going into they're kind of they're meant to be more dominant like you understand so uh, some rules I like I don't I don't agree with you know like for example like take down like too few points like people start fighting sitting down it's all bullshit like I don't like that <laughs> but other than that I think it's good like they took out like dangerous stuff like hill hooks and things because I don't think like people like to be injured you know too much mm. so uh. Yeah, I think uh, other than that, I think I'm, I think IBJF rules I'm quite comfortable. Uh, maybe submission only would be good as well. Like I've done a few competitions as well, like um, not recently, but um, but uh, in the past. But I think I would have to adjust my mindset to do that now again. You understand? So it's kind of you know you have to. It's not just you going and checking rules. You need to be in a mindset for playing what is you ask. You understand? Mm. No, yeah. I understand. See, it's just. In my opinion, like you mentioned, the heel hooks there. Like, I can understand why you don't have heel hooks in the gi because of the weird gi pants and the friction and shit. I can understand that. But black, you mean, to, like, this is one thing I don't really understand about the IBJF. See, they don't allow black belts in, like, the world to do heel hooks. I think those guys are good enough to do heel hooks in no gi. Like, come on. I, I, I think problem like like I like um, in some places we do heel hooks just in training, right? It's not to say that if I'm rolling with my friends we don't do. We do, but we are careful, right? On competition you can't be careful. On competition you are there to win, and you, if you, if person is not tapping, uh, then you just keep on going, isn't it? So problem with heel hooks is that uh, you don't have pain. Okay, so there is no pain. It's it's broken before you feel anything. So I think maybe that's a reason. I don't know. That's kind of my opinion. Like if if I if I do a knee bar on you, right, you feel pain and you like, oh, stop, heel hook you, you. You only know when you're in a position and you see this is happening. Then you have to tap, but you don't feel it. Hmm. 
And uh, I, I get you. Like, I feel major painage when I get heel hooked, but maybe that's just me. Maybe my knees are just really, really sensitive. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. So I suppose, like, and then the injury, like, it's really, it's really shitty to be injured, you know, because like we are all addicted to, you know, to training, and then you can't train and stuff. It's all kind of annoying. So I suppose this could be, and I think with the other kind of, you know, uh, knee ripping situations, like similar you uh you know people really in the past got badly injured uh so that could be a you know obviously safety reason is a like most important the mm. why why uh, it is it is, yeah. <clears throat> no i can see i can see why people think that but see um sorry to get back on track with this thing what was the first sort of seminar you attended whether it be jiu-jitsu or judo and do you remember what was taught at it oh my god that i don't remember that <laughs> um I, I I attended so many seminars I can't even think of one. Uh, maybe well at the time I think maybe it would be even like seminar with Carson Gracie Jr. Like but it was like you know more than ten years ago, like 2008 or something. Um, and what was taught at that? Uh, it's probably stuff I do these days because because uh, like this is kind of my style really you know. Um, and uh, oh yeah, and the, the other thing is that like. Uh, back at the time, we had like seminars with uh, Rodrigo Medeiros, um, who was coming often to Ireland. Like, and um, I remember one choke he was teaching. Uh, it was choke with a lapel, uh, like from side control. Um, it was amazing. Like amazing at the time that it is still my best choke to go from side control. And I was blue belt at the time, so some things which you learned back then, you know, like they still work and like these days I do it now and then just to like how to say like to sharpen the saw you know to know that it's still there and it's still sharp because I know if I'm there and I get in the position it will be like happy end you know for me but <laughs> so yeah I suppose things you learn sometimes they kind of go uh, pass by but something stay with us and kind of become part of our game I suppose mm. yeah. <coughs> mm. <coughs> sorry <laughs> yeah what was that I say we're on to segment now about sort of questions for coaches. So just in your opinion, what's the first sort of technique you want to instill in like uh, beginners? <clears throat> to, to, to teach? Um, like uh, depends, like in my like female classes I teach, I mostly teach, like sometimes I teach men, they like it and stuff, but I kind of focus on the females at the moment. Like uh, it's important to understand why someone is coming, right? So they come to do like just sport, but many females are coming because they're after like some self-defense or maybe to boost confidence, you know, stuff like that. So uh, I, uh, in my like first classes, I, I like to kind of uh, draw, uh, like to connect, to make a connection between uh, jiu-jitsu as a sport and jiu-jitsu as a essential skill to have in terms of like, a, you know, confidence or being, you know, being able to defend yourself if you need to. So I, I usually like teach a normal class, like basic stuff, but I uh, explain like this is a position we do this uh, this way. This is because, and then I make connection why it is important, okay? Or I like to, to them to understand to see it that, that way, you know, not just like a move or they don't even know why they're moving hips a particular way, but saying why it works and why would they want to know, you know, when to use it. So I suppose any techniques uh, which are like fundamental, like you know, like no crazy stuff, like no, you know, exciting moves, like at that stage yet, but any techniques which would be fundamental to, you know, a sense of jiu-jitsu, which is a self-defense, you know, like would be on my priority list uh, for beginners. Mm. So uh, when would you suggest your student, one of your students to compete and how would you help them prepare for it? 
Um, I usually um, don't kind of suggest them to compete, if you, if you see what I mean. I encourage, uh, like if I have someone wanting to compete, I encourage them. And uh, if they ask for my opinion, they say, oh, do you think I'm ready? Well, in that case, I will say, look, I think you are ready or I think you should wait or whatever. So if they ask me for my opinion, I'll let them know because I'm, you know what it is. If I tell students to compete or they are ready to compete uh, because of my position as a coach, uh, they will be feeling sometimes under pressure of doing so. And I don't want them to go if they are not feeling kind of ready from inside. You understand? So so yeah. if I see they have an interest of doing so and they're asking my opinions, and, and if I see they are ready, I will encourage and motivate and help to prepare. But if I see they are not kind of, in a, you know, like, um, unless unless I have student like for a long time and I know he or she is uh, super good and they will do great, and all needs are like a little motivation. Then in that case, I'll say, look, we are going on competition. Like, uh, you know, they are going to compete. Do you like to give it a try as well? Because I think you are ready, like stuff like that. It could be, but I kind of keep my influence at minimum at that stage because, um, yeah, I think, I think like it's probably because like the way uh, I was, with, I am with my coach, like he never, you know, push people to compete. Like if I say, oh, I want to compete, he will say, okay, that's good. Like, we'll see what you need to get fixed uh, or, or what we need to address or whatever, you know, or what you need to work on. Like, he supports me totally, but he would never tell, like, you know, you have to go now. Like, well, I know in some other places it's all very different. Like, you know, in some, some academies, they really put pressure on students. But, like, this is definitely not my style. At least uh, the way I see it, maybe my students, you know, can comment on it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so this is how I do it usually. Mm. I see What's your sort of coaching style? What would you emphasize more? Would it be drilling, rolling, or specific sparring? Um, I usually, uh, like, I think drilling is definitely um, one of the most important parts. Like, So, uh, it's again, maybe it, ca it comes from how I was doing it myself and still doing, like, when I train with, uh, you know, with my coach. Like, you know, the way it is, like, I explain uh, one, two moves maximum, like, per class, you know. So I explained that and we'd go over and over and over and over in drills because I believe when you drill enough, you get into, you know, like into that mode that you can actually apply it, you know. And the danger is when you like do it a little bit and then you start straight away into sparring or, you know, specific sparring, then your move is not good enough yet, you know. Like eventually you will get there if you keep on doing so. We kind of get the same result at the end, you know, but it's kind of, I think, might be more frustrating. I don't know, like... So, yes, yeah, so definitely like drilling, you know, show move, like give them like 10 minutes per person go drill and then again 10 minutes, drill again. So we drill, 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 same move. And then at the end, like we usually have a sparring. It could be specific sparring or it could be just a general sparring so they can try any moves they like to try. So it's kind of my uh, preference. I do myself like this kind of, you know, training. Like, like even these days when I have a chance to train, like with, um, you know, like, uh, like I, I usually enjoy attending fundamental classes, like beginners classes, funny enough, but point is that any technique is good for white belt is also good for black belt because choke is a choke, right? Mm. If you can apply it on competition, it's basic choke you learn as a white belt then your choke is perfect, right? So you still have the same choke. So if I go and train with like, you know, white blue belts, uh, like in fundamental class, I just get to drill it until you get really sick of it. And that, then I can guarantee that move will be one of the best moves on your repertoire, you know? Mm. Yeah, like a really good example is like Roger Gracie. Like he just gets mount and does like the cross collar show for mount. That's, that's Absolutely. Like, that's, that's Absolutely. Just, 
that's white belt jujitsu, but he's just it using is. it to submit black belts. It like. is, it is. And I usually say like when I'm training and I'm doing something, like people tell me if I like last time I recently I was training with a white belt, just drilling, right? And I, you know, we were doing stuff, and then um, like he was also asking me, oh, you do on the one side or you do on two sides, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I'm usually saying it's like I know all those techniques with drill, but until I start. Uh, apply them on competitions under pressure in real situation I, I can't tell you that I really know them you understand so until it ha- that happens you still have to drill it like even basic stuff hmm. <coughs> yeah, <sorry. coughs> we got some Instagram questions here if you're up for it we got uh, we didn't get much but these questions are pretty good in my opinion so yeah uh, what would you say is your proudest moment that's just a proudest moment yeah um I have to think about it. I, I like I would be inclined to say getting medals at worlds, uh, worlds, you know, because this is kind of uh, most uh, like athletes like you know focus on that, and this is kind of uh, main kind of goal. I think uh, like definitely getting like like there are a few moments I would say it's mostly uh, competitions, of course, that, like related to myself, like you know when I was either like world's championship like first medal or when i was competing in in the europeans i think it was uh, uh, 2016 i was competing in adults but i did open open division and i got third place in europeans against like best of the best and it was adult division which was great like um so so it's related to myself like but also I, well i suppose i talk too much but another proud moment would be definitely when my students uh, go there you know, show what they know and they enjoy themselves and whatever results they get. But if it's their best at the moment, this would be my proud moment, you know, just to see um, uh, that, you know, the results you like, things you put in them, you know, see it coming back. You understand? So this is definitely this feeling is amazing, like feeling as a coach and seeing your students uh, doing an amazing job or just doing what they can do at the moment. But then just at their maximum, that's that's one of the proudest moments, I'd say. Mm. Uh, see, in your opinion, what's the state of female BJJ in Ireland? Um, I, I like just looking retrospectively, like in the past, uh, it's it's growing uh, like a lot. Um, like I don't even have an overview now of uh, how many females are involved. Like what all I can say is that uh, like you know maybe more than ten years ago, like let's say 2012 years ago, maybe. When I was going to compete in a competition, as I said, I was still fighting men, so there were no females present at competition, or very few, like very few, so definitely not enough like to fill brackets, you know, weight brackets. Um, and if you look these days, they like plenty of white, blue, purple belts around. So it's definitely growing. Like in the past 10 years, it was like massive uh, explosion, you know. Uh, so in that respect, yes, it is, it is, it's, it's amazing. You can see uptake, but I think it's still kind of not enough. Uh, because uh, like sport is for everyone like I don't know why like you know why is it male or female you know like we need more females what I'm saying I suppose like just a bit more balance in the sport mm. but yeah it's it's growth was like amazing yeah. uh, and I think it's it will keep on going because purple belts will become brown belts you know and then the brown belts will become black belts so I think in, in, in like I can't say but in 10 years time maybe it will be like um, Maybe what like we have now in UK and the rest of the Europe, like like tens and tens of black belts around, you know. Mm. So yeah, uh, how what would you, your sort of suggestion be to get more women involved in jiu-jitsu? Um, 
Well, like to, I, I think like it's a it's a complex question, right? Uh, I think mostly just to ensure that we have like uh, this like easy easy ways of getting into sport for them, you know, like. Uh, it was definitely not my case when I started. Uh, I started with men, and I still train with men. And I don't think I'll have female for myself until, unless I, you know, one of my students become very good. But what I'm saying, I suppose, for most females coming and train with us, like uh, very few of them uh, would feel um, a kind of, you know, going into class and training with men from the first class, you know. So for them to come and knowing that there is a female group there. It's much easier to get started, and then they eventually they will train with guys as well. Like they get they get comfortable and they train with anybody, but not from the beginning. So I suppose having those kind of nights, female only, kind of dedicated, uh, it's easy easy way of getting them into the sport. And second second issue is I think we need to start. Um, uh, like I've been thinking about it recently because I, I like in, in Galway I'm running this female class now over four years. And uh, we have up to, well, I don't know, but I say up to 20, like maybe 18, I don't know, regular girls coming and training and enjoying themselves really like, you know, on a regular base. But uh, I try to put more effort in it and it's still hard to get more. And I'm just thinking, why is that? Uh, and then uh, and then I think part of the question is that we need to start addressing kind of younger groups of girls, you know, like maybe start with kids. Like 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 it happens in judo, for example. Like we need to start with kids, you know, and start teaching them, and uh, in and eventually, like in a ten years time or so, you'll have a group of uh, like uh, you know females who are like, I don't know, eighteen, twenty, whatever, who are who've been training. Because unfortunately, I think it's problem, like definitely problem, in Ireland. Not not only in Ireland, but as well in Ireland, like that females they uh, don't like to sweat. Okay, that's a strange conclusion, but that's what I kind of found out. They like, you know, to look pretty. They like to have their makeup. They don't look. If you go to jujitsu, you have to cut your nails. You can sweat, etc., etc., etc. So this is a part of the culture. So if I'm uh, targeting now who is 20 or 25 or any age is good for me, like 30, and I say come to train with me, only few of them will come because others will say, oh no, no, look at, it. no, no, I can't do that. You understand, so it's kind of in in their head. So if we, I think it's hard to go against it. So yeah, so so for, for the future, what I would do, I would continue uh, with adult classes, whoever is you know is willing to come. But then I think part of this would be also getting a younger younger girls or boys, whatever. But just you know, I think with boys we don't have a problem. Boys kind of cool, you know, they like uh, fighting anyway. <laughs> I mean, like we start with the younger groups, you know, and uh, from there, I think it would be a uh, way to go for the future if you want to make it kind of, you know, big. Mm. Now, that's a pretty good way to look at it. It's like sort of getting them, like getting them while they're younger sounds a bit weird, but when you say it like that, but is pretty good because, you know, you'll produce some really good competitors and by the time they're like old enough to like compete in the alt division, they'll just kill them all. Absolutely. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Aye, so guys, we've reached a, uh, a segment of the podcast I like to call around the specifics. Is this a bunch of random questions, some about jiu-jitsu, some aren't about jiu-jitsu. So, Olga, do you want to do around the specifics? Sure, yeah. Okay. Uh, what's uh, your favorite gi in your collection, if you have one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely have a collection, um, like most of us do. <laughs> uh, favorite gi? Um, 
Well, I I have I recently started to like geese from uh, like I think it's American brand. Uh, well, especially for females, it doesn't matter. I wear any geese, but those female geese are kind of a bit less baggy, and you know they kind of allow for shapes. And it's a Phenom uh, brand, uh, and uh, I know some girls, my girls, uh, have it as well. Because after I got it, I got a few more, and then uh, everyone liked, and they kind of stay like you know, yeah. So it's, I suppose Phenom is my like for female, it would be really nice uh, fit. Like I, you, you just can't have enough of them. I think I have about four out of thirty are Phenom, and all others are random geese. Ooh. I thought I was good with 23 geese, but you have me beat 30. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I'd say, and I have a few Judah geese as well on top of that, so my wardrobe is kind of, you know, like, I, I don't know where to pile them, like, they're everywhere. <laughs> oh, okay, you have Judah geese. Well, uh, that's, well, that's, that's, well, that's well, cheating. Well. That's cheating. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, actually, I, I donated, um, like, every time I move somewhere, I donate most of my geese to, like, uh, clubs. So I gave my coach a few to Amsterdam, and then now in uh, Point Blank, we have uh, geese for new students. I really like this idea. So when this new person is coming, I am saying, okay, look, uh, here you go. There is a gear here. Grab and use it. Like, for you know, you can use it as long as you want. And then, you, you know, you wash it yourself. And then, you know, like, put it back when, you, when you're when you done or buy your own. But most, most of the people want to get their own gear at some stage, you know, when they get really into it. But ID is cool because from the day one, they feel as a part of the group already, you know. So I, I left like plenty of my own geese there and now my girls, they do the same. So when they get a gear and they don't like it anymore or is it too small, just, you know, it's like it shrink, etc. They just leave it there. We have a special site saying geese to borrow, like, you know, uh, and people, new people always grab it there and put it back there. It's amazing. I like this kind of uh, idea. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, who would you say is the most famous person you rolled with? Besides uh, your coach, Carlson Gracie, you can't pick him. Um, I was uh, at one of the Europeans I was rolling with uh, Miao, one of the brothers Miao. I don't know who it was, unfortunately. Um, it was a couple of years ago, I think, and I was there to warm up for my fights. And uh, I didn't see anybody from, you know, like from my my academy or for, any, even from Ireland, because when you're on competition, anybody from Ireland would be, you know, your team. <laughs> yeah. or, so uh, I didn't see anybody. And then obviously you wouldn't go with your opponent. So uh, I, uh, one of the Miao brothers was there, like, you know, sitting on the mat, like doing nothing. And then uh, my coach, um, uh, Marcus, he said, oh, go and roll with him. I was like, no, no, I don't go with him. Like he, like whatever. Like, I, I don't like to be one of those people, like, chasing famous people, like, even asking, like, to take a picture because I kind of feel embarrassed, you know, like, saying, oh, anyway, so he said, oh, do you mind to help her warm up? He didn't mind, obviously, so we just rolled and it was great, like, you know, just playing around. So I'd say probably meow, <laughs> like, at the time. <laughs> Man, I wonder uh, which one it was, if it was Paolo or meow. I, I, I still name? I still don't know who is how like they obviously look different if you yeah, look at them at the same time but I didn't I, I don't know who it was. <laughs> I, I said Paolo or Meow I sort of forgot what the other one's called what's his fucking name? Um, mm, I'm I'm not sure anymore I'm very bad at it. <laughs> ah well uh, we hope it was Paolo or else you know we look pretty stupid. <laughs> uh, what was your favorite TV show growing up? TV show growing up. Yeah. Oh, a random question. What a random question is that? It's uh, a random question. <laughs> it is very random, yes. Uh, is it, does it have to be like related to fights or? No. No. Uh, 
Oh my god, I don't remember growing up like uh, so you, I'm still a kid, right? <laughs> I uh, the, 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 the point is that like I think it might be sound it's, it might it might sound boring, but I don't even have TV these days, so I don't really watch like uh, TV shows. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I always liked maybe I still like kind of maybe some watching some cooking uh, programs or something. I know it sounds weird, uh, but uh, stuff like that, you know, or traveling or something, things like that. I don't know. I don't have any specific example uh, uh, of that. Mm. Now we'll get you on to MasterChef soon. Why not? Oh, that's that's that, like, yeah. So sorry, just to follow up on that, like cooking is cool. Like I, you know, because I'm always having an idea in my head that I want to do one of those uh, amazing cooking courses they do like in Ireland, you know. And every time I see how much time it takes and how much money you have to put in it and it's just for hobby, I say, ah, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll stick with jiu-jitsu, getting my arms and, le- arms and legs broken for fun. I'll stick with that. <laughs> yeah, what would you say? Yeah, what would you say is your most embarrassing injury, whether it be like jiu-jitsu, judo, or, non, or just regular injury? Just the way you got injured was just embarrassing. Like, um, Well, I, I I don't know like if injury can be embarrassing. It's usually embarrassing when your like, trousers rip off or something, you know, and your you know, underwear is pooping out. It's embarrassing. <laughs> That fucking happened yesterday. I was playing. I was playing. It was geared. We were playing. I was playing worm guard, and I was, I was having a good round. And my fucking pants fell down. <laughs> I, 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 it's, a, it's a funny a funny thing about pants like I remember oh my god I remember um, teasing my coach in Amsterdam saying oh your pants are like you know like your butt is showing off like your, your pants are kind of rip off and he's like no 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 and then you keep like teasing him saying all the time oh your pants and me and the other girl were teasing him so much that uh, uh, like it was all fine obviously but it was just pants were a bit tight so we we're making jokes about it right so next time I came training and he tells me, Olga, your pants are like, you know, check your pants. I was like, ah, oh, no, 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 you're making fun of me now. He said, no, Olga, check your pants. <laughs> and I didn't believe him. And then there was another girl there, uh, like his daughter. He said, Sophia, tell her that her pants are like, you know, like, bro, like ripped off. And she said, Olga, your pants? I was like, seriously? He's like, seriously? I looked there and that was true. Like my pants were completely open and you could see my underwear. And she looks at me and says, Olga, this is God. You see now, you believe now that's what happened because you were teasing me. <laughs> that was very bad. That was very bad. Oh my God. Fucking hell. But, but uh, in terms of injuries, like, um, yeah, so... I I don't know if you can say injury is embarrassing because they are not like they are like uh, like last time I think well not last time one of the injuries I had uh, was with um, like just rolling with a like usually get injuries from new people right because you don't know how you know what to expect you don't know their style or uh, like sometimes like it was a guy uh, who was uh, I think purple belt at the time I was black belt and he never trained his female and um, and he was quite uh, you know like like coming from I think other sports like quite strong anyways so training was fine like no problem I like it was great but then at some stage I was just playing there and I you know I had a grip on his uh, like gi and he just wrist locked me and I wasn't even fighting like like on that like you, you know what I mean like sometimes you're in a relaxed state of mind and you're just rolling around like playing you know and he just wrist locked me so badly and it was very, like, I, I was so pissed and I was upset with myself. Like, oh, shit, I don't want another injury, you know? Like, why does it need to be? Like, because, but, like, obviously he, you know, he apologized and all that, but it was not cool. So stuff like that happens, unfortunately. But, you know, it's a part of 
like I, I always say it's a part of um, sport. If you don't want to be injured, then you sit at home on the sofa and we do nothing, you know. So if you come, you accept mm. this possibility of being injured. Like, but people don't need to be kind of you know, dicks to injure that way. I think. I think. Mm. Uh, see, if you could ban one guard or position from competition, what would it be and why? Uh, position or uh, like uh, from sp any, any specific position or like for a specific place or any at all? Like if you just ban any guard or any position like from anything, just mm. anything that anything that annoys you really, any position you don't like, you pick anything. Oh, I don't like, oh, I don't, I hate passing long legs, like passing guard on long legs, like it's, uh, well, it's, it's, it's not nice because they're everywhere, you know, <laughs> they're like spaghetti legs. <laughs> okay, so no more tall people are allowed to compete, fuck them anyway. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. I, I mean, like with females, uh, you have yeah, you have like different people obviously have tall, but uh, but on the opposite side of it, I don't like uh, like to arm bar sh or whatever sh like short people because they are like you know arms are very short, legs are very short, so as they are like a little ball, you know, as they roll everywhere. So I suppose people just your size is the best what we can have. <laughs> I tell you, like the shorter people, like they they it's annoying when they get arm bar. They're easy to arm bar, but they are fucking hard to leg lock, like. One of my oh, main yeah, training, yeah. one of my main training partners. He's way shorter than me. He's about twenty kg lighter than me. I cannot, for the life of me, fucking leg lock him, him at all. Yeah, yeah. His legs are too short. I can't really get like, yeah. you know, the good. Uh, <laughs> he's hard to leg lock. Fucking hell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why is he so short? <laughs> yeah, so it doesn't know like uh, extra, uh, you know, very short or very tall people. It's uh, obviously different to what we are used to. So that's annoying. <laughs> Yeah, we should make a new division for the tall people, put them into the lanky division. <laughs> so they can just triangle each other all the live long day, whatever. I mm -hmm. uh, see. So, uh, do you have any nicknames inside the gym? Um, inside the gym? Um, like, not at the moment. Um, uh, definitely not. I don't think I have a nickname in Galway uh, gym um, from guys. Uh, I used to have a nickname in Belfast many years ago. Uh, I was called Olga Zod Judo. <laughs> I don't know why, because I was doing Judo, but that was from Jiu Jitsu guys, right? Uh, oh, okay. Olga Zod is like, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, no, 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 I don't think I have any, like, uh, I don't think so. I'm aware of. Maybe they have nickname for me without me knowing about it. I, it could be possible as well. Like. <laughs> Ooh, man! If anyone trains with Olga and they have a secret nickname for her, send it my way. I want. I want to find out what it is. Please do. I would like to find out as well. <laughs> oh no! I, I can't. I can't tell you that. It's like a sworn to secrecy and stuff. I'll, cause... Go, I'll go and get them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I won't. That's why I won't tell you because you'll go and get them. Fucking hell. <laughs> Uh, what's uh, your favorite song to roll to in the gym if you have one? Um, I don't have a favorite song. Like we usually, I do like to have music, like some kind of um, you know uh, motivational stuff. But funny enough, sometimes we have uh, like well, some, like I, I do like personally. We don't we don't do it in Galway, but I do like some you know like maybe Brazilian rock or something. It kind of brings you into mood of jiu-jitsu, you know. But uh, funny enough, like it can be any music because sometimes I find out ourselves rolling with like classical music, you know, and then someone is choking someone else saying like, doo -doo -doo -doo. It's very nice, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> oh, it's, that's so cla that's classic. And it goes, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, see, if you had a time machine, where's the first sort of historical period you travel to? Uh, just for a, for a little bit or just forever? What's in uh, 
for a little bit. You can just go there for a little trip. It's grand. Little trip. Um, I would probably travel back to my first class in jiu-jitsu and I would, um, you know, <laughs> get a few guys. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, it's it's kind of like for a little bit is fine, but I usually think like people ask, like it kind of relates to question on uh, like, you know, many people say, oh, I regret I didn't start training earlier, like or stuff like that. And uh, like, I wish I was like 10 years young or 20 years young or whatever, stuff like that. I think it's all good, like, because whatever experience we get on the way, like now, it's what we have now, like, you know, and, uh, you know, it could be even like, like, I suppose we have to be in this moment and appreciate the moment we have, right? Like, uh, so I don't really want to go back in uh, maybe even 15 years ago, because back then I, I wouldn't have my like jujitsu skill. I wouldn't speak all my languages. I wouldn't know what I know now. So, you know, I suppose... Going for a little bit, just have a look how it is. I think I wouldn't be changing, like, present. I wouldn't want to change it because I think I'm happy with what the way it is. It can always be better, you know, but we just need to be happy with this moment. It is kind of, you know, my message. Mm. No, I get you. So, yeah, what's your favorite? Do you have a favorite sort of a philosophical quote? Um... um not not on, on off the top of my head like uh, in, in general i'm very much into like i have a, like kind of this mental construct of a kind of uh, learning and self-improvement so i'm very much driven by that uh, like everywhere in all different like not just sport but uh, like professionally or maybe like all different hobbies if i get on something i always uh, want to maximize it you know just maybe a little bit obsessed i'd say and sometimes it's not good thing and i but I would say, like, in, in terms of that, I think maybe kind of, you know, like, by learning, we kind of self-improve and we kind of need, you know, like, life is just uh, too short uh, to know everything, you know, so just never stop doing that. Mm. Yeah, we got a bit of a moral question here, like, uh, just uh, if you're up for it. Oh, I, I can try. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just, uh, would you rather cure cancer or solve world hunger? Oh. Um... Um, I'd say I'd I, I well just because it's kind of two very important issues, but I'd, I I would I would go for hunger. Okay, uh, I get you. Maybe one of the hungry kids will grow up to cure cancer. Maybe. Huh? Maybe like that, and then um, and I, I, like yeah, I mean it's a moral question. Like cancer is awful. I know we all can get it, but there are so many other diseases which are as bad. You know, so. Um, like in terms of like mortality rate, like how many people are dying from something else, you know, so I kind of, I, I, I know maybe it's like, I mean, it's kind of my opinion. I think we should be like, we are focusing on cancer, which is cool, but there are other st things which are at least as important we need to focus mm -hmm. on like, so yeah. So that's why I keep for hunger because, uh, you know, people in uh, those areas, they don't, they don't, uh, you know, like it's their life, you know, and I suppose, it can be, and we can change it like it's easy enough to change from our perspective you know no i get you see if you became president of earth what's the first sort of law you'd enact mm. ah. um keep in mind you can do whatever you want like you're the, the head honcho so what kind of law i would impose yeah yeah um that's a very difficult question, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like seeing what the sort of, like, lots of yeah. people say, oh, no more guard pulling. But I'm like, man, that's just a jiu-jitsu thing. Oh, yeah, I, I don't even think about <laughs> jiu-jitsu at the moment because I think it's a part of life, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I think a question, I think would be nice, like, 
very basic like maybe just people are kind of you know being nice to each other or something like that you know because like in this way you kind of you know if you treat other person nice they will treat you nice and everyone is happy maybe something like that i don't know it's kind of seems very basic but uh, i think like we uh, like like we, we know like about those kind of you know human rights and blah blah stuff like that and i suppose in ireland we are quite uh, lucky that we can live the life we want most of the time, isn't it? Mm. But in some other places, it is not the case. So maybe like, you know, a bit more like freedom and that respect for everyone, you know? Mm. No, I get you. It's just a bit of feedback there. Uh, See ya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm too, I'm too serious. Maybe I'm not saying talking, not saying about guard pulling and business, but I'm kind of- No, 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 I mean, I just, <laughs> I, I just meant, uh, and never mind, it doesn't matter, it's grand. That's a pretty, pretty good one though. See, if you had a jiu-jitsu spirit animal, what would you say it would be? You just spirit animal. Uh, can you give me some examples? <laughs> like uh, for me, it's a sloth because I want. Oh, you're I, lazy. Yeah. yeah, no, I want to. I want to beat you, but I want to make it look like I'm not even trying. You know. That's yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, animal. Mm. Uh, I don't. I, I don't really have one like in my on, on in my head like, but um, I I do like that your idea like you know just you know do your business and people know you're doing it, but just you just you know you keep on doing and. Uh, um, mm. <laughs> um, I need your help. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. How about like a gorilla? Cause you smashed them or something. I don't know. Ah, uh, yeah, but thing is that gorilla is just too too common. You know, everyone wants to be gorilla. I want something cool. You know, something different. Okay, how about chimp? Oh yeah, I know. Um, um, um. <laughs> sure, no. a chimpanzee would fucking kick, maul most people. They could just rip their all muscle under that. They just rip your arms off and tear yeah, yeah. off your face. No, I, I I know I have one animal in my in my head like, but I forgot how it's called. <laughs> you, 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 you know, uh, um, it's not it's not. Uh, uh, Is it like a, le- a lemur or a, a monkey? No, 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 no. You have in Ireland like they um, they uh, they they actually eat squirrels. What? What the yeah. fuck? I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. I forgot the word for it. I'm so sorry. I speak so many languages. I don't forgot. I forgot the English word now. Oh. But it's fine. <laughs> well, what's what's it look like? It's a little brown, you know, um, and um, um, yeah, it lo- walks at night usually. At night, uh, a, a badger or something? Not so the badger, but you are very close to that. Fox? No, not fox. Eating uh, animals, they eat eat squirrels. Oh, look, just send me a picture of what you're talking about. After I, I will tell episode. you in a moment because it's just you know sometimes you uh, just it's just you're, you're blank, but it will come after five minutes. Uh, look, if you remember it, please tell me, because no, yeah, I, yeah. I, I want to know what this brown creature in Ireland is that eats squirrels. I'm like, what you, the hell you, is this? You, you know why? Because uh, it's it's probably difficult to explain, but like squirrels, um, we refer to squirrels to, uh, to to like people who are, it's kind of mental construct, right? So it's a person who likes own benefits, you know, and uh, kind of collecting nuts, but doesn't care about other people. And I'm that animal who would kind of destroy squirrels, like, you know, who behave like that. So uh, I remember last year I went to the walls and my friend, she she told me, Olga, go there, be like that animal and kill all squirrels, like squirrels <laughs> who are not nice, you know? <laughs> it's kind of, it's, it's weird, it's weird, but I suppose, uh, um, yeah. What the? I have to know what this fucking animal is. I will tell you, it's very easy. Um, I will actually Google it now. 
Oh, okay, uh, guys, here's a live here's a live reaction, so Olga can find out what this thing is called, and I'll finally Which, I can I can finally find out what it is. Squirrels. <laughs> yeah, in Ireland. Martin, that are find Martin. Find Martin. Is it? A what? Find Martin. Martin. Do you know that animal? <laughs> no, you can no. you go and Google it. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I don't know what the hell that is. Find Martin. Yeah, it is. Okay, uh, so Olga, we've reached the last question. Are you ready for the last question? Oh my God, I, I think I am, yeah. Whoa, okay. So what, you, what would you say is the most important lesson you've learned from all your years of judo and jiu-jitsu? Just sort of a life lesson you've gathered from your training. Yeah, yeah I'd say, um, yeah, just uh, to stay cool, you know, stay calm, no, uh, you know, just self-control in the difficult situations. Like it can be, um, like, like I, I just as an example, um, uh, like I was at a, conference uh, like some years ago and in the past I used to be kind of a bit terrified by giving public speech and stuff especially if it's like a huge room you don't know, even know like hundreds of people you don't even know how many like you know you're there on stage and light is in your face and you're like whoa so it was kind of a feeling so I was there and uh, the only thing I had in my head like look Olga stay cool you know you are calm you know how to control yourself like how many of here people are like you know maybe black belts and jiu-jitsu or whatever like how many people can be like you know staying like so so i suppose jiu-jitsu teaches you to be calm in difficult situations like i think this is kind of really good skill to have in real life like to be able to control yourself calm down you know breathe and do what you need to do no matter what what happens like i'd say that mm. Uh, it's a great answer. Some great. of that, because I could start going on respect, and it's all very important, and it's definitely part of it. But if I pick one, uh, like you know, would be that. Nah, I get you. That's a pretty good one to pick. Right, so guys, we reached the end of the podcast. If you want to follow Olga and anything, it's at Doctor Olga BJJ. Yeah, Doctor Olga, not Professor <laughs> Olga. <laughs> yep. Right, so Olga, do you have anything to say before we shoot off? Do you want to shout out anyone or anything? No, thanks. I just wanted to tell you to, to, to thank you for inviting me because it's cool. It's exciting. And uh, I hope to get, uh, you know, I hope it's interesting for people to listen to us and uh, to get to motivate, you know, to keep on going on your jiu journey or to pick it up. So please give it a try. As I said, you know, unless you try it, you don't know and don't tell I don't like it until you tried it. So that's kind of my philosophy in that respect. Mm. All right. So thanks for listening, guys. It was 